Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I'm honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 18 of season 2 of This Osteopathic Life. Today, I'd like to talk with you about going back. And this is a concept, an idea, a thought that has resonated with me in various iterations for many years, and particularly, as with most things, more so over the past few weeks and months. And I'd like to share this episode particularly with my patients, past, present, and perhaps future And where I'd like to begin is just before we entered the closure state secondary to requirements for COVID. And let's say this was in February, February of 2020. And there are a number of days when I said to myself, I said out loud to my family and some of my friends, I can't just keep doing this. And it was in reference to my work in the clinic and it was somewhat confusing to me because as I reflected on it I love the work that I do I love my patients I love the opportunity to use my hands to engage with anatomy to hear stories to honor the whole person see body mind and spirit to reflect to them their inherent capacity for healing to look for relationships between structure and function and how they can optimize each other and to spend time working with all of those to help create meaningful treatment plans that engage the patient and empower the patient and you know move forward to move further into the health or to experience the present in a new and different way. I have autonomy. You know, I get to create my schedule and that's a mixed blessing because most often I create a framework and then I allow it to kind of spill over. You know, I don't always hold those margins very effectively for myself in the desire to see as many people as possible. But in some ways, I just knew that how it was, as it was, was not sustainable for me. And having come from working in a large health system and experiencing various levels of burnout or moral injury, however you view what's happening in healthcare and for physicians at present, it was very different. And I was simply listening to a voice within and giving it a little bit of an external voice that something needed to change. And there are always options when something needs to change. And the first and foremost is that our thoughts about whatever the circumstances can change. 
And that alone can create as much relief as we need because it can shift our feelings, leading to new actions and a result that reflects a new thought. And the new thought could be, I can keep doing this. It is sustainable. And I could follow along that line of thought. But as I examined it further, I kept thinking, there's more. You know, there's other ways. This isn't perhaps all I'm meant to be doing. And as you can hear in the introduction of the podcast episode, I've always carried multiple roles simultaneously for as long as I can remember. You know, sports and music and work and academics as a kid and that continue to evolve into adulthood and still presents itself now. And while I could see that as stressful and overwhelming, and there are moments I certainly do because of the thoughts I choose about it, I also see that it's simply who and how I am. And generally, it's an enriching feeling, having all of those pieces and seeing how they intertwine. And this time of having clinic closed has allowed me to really dive deeply into all of those roles, all of the past experiences I've held, the skills I've developed, and to see more clearly how they're coming together to bring me to who I am in this moment and how that can lead to even more meaningful engagement with the work I have loved, with the work I have known to be what it is I'm intended for since I first learned about osteopathic medicine in a way that is sustainable and is accessible through my geographic moves over these past five years, the ending of relationships with patients because of physical proximity has been really challenging. You know, there are people with whom I developed very deep and meaningful connections where we were communicating about life and health and seeing progress and knowing each other through the different phases of life. And to have that limited because of a physical move was heartbreaking at times. And seeing now through this time of clinic closure, so when the in-person hands-on treatment has been eliminated because of governor's orders for preservation of PPE, for safety, for minimizing the risk of exposure, for all of those reasons, that aspect has been taken away. And in some ways, it could feel very restrictive you know, very limiting, and it hasn't. You know, while it's true, I have not in person seen laid hands on patients in coming up on four months. I have seen and engaged with patients virtually, utilizing telemedicine, and have seen amazing progress, deepened connections, greater understanding of the health, unique applications of the osteopathic principles and practice, which is exactly why this osteopathic life exists, right? To expand the application and yes, to all different avenues, right? Systems and schools and the healthcare provision on a greater scale. And like I talked about in the last episode as an anti-racism tool, yes, all of those. But also, what about expanding the application of these concepts directly to patient care, especially for the neuromusculoskeletal medicine, and osteopathic manipulative medicine specialists. Also during this time, I've been hosting calls with my colleagues from around the country and beyond, hearing 
the struggles and the challenges and the adaptations and the reopening and lack of protocols and procedures and being viewed as, you know, an elective procedure and being closed, those who stayed open. And there's so much variation, but everyone is still seeking to engage with the health in the way that they can that is safe for them, that is safe for patients, that is meaningful, that utilizes the skills and knowledge and training that they have. And rather than see only the limitations in this time, I see so many opportunities to grow, to expand, to broaden the horizons of how we are reaching patients. And so that's where I am today. And I have drafted a notice to the patients, excuse me, in our clinic based in Ashland, Oregon, where two of my colleagues are available for in-person care at this time following the state and county and national guidelines. Two of my colleagues have retired and the other two of us, myself and my other colleague, have adapted to telemedicine as our primary option for delivering care. And during this time of closure, I've had a handful of patients work with me continuously for routine follow-ups, and I've had a number reach me acutely, you know, for certain situations, an acute flare of pain or something that came up, and all of which have been able to be addressed through the telemedicine medium. And I've long postulated, hypothesized, that you know, osteopathic medicine is not because of osteopathic manipulative treatment. That's not to say it's not important. That's not to say it's not a useful tool. Osteopathic medicine looks at the philosophy of caring for the whole person, acknowledging the role of the musculoskeletal system, seeing that structure and function are so important internally and externally, I would offer, and that continue to combine them with this greater awareness and this depth of listening is truly where the distinction lies. And yes, absolutely, have I seen improvements through the hands-on application of osteopathic manipulative treatment? Yes. And in this time of not having the hands-on aspect, I've also seen significant shifts mentally, spiritually, and physically with patients as we approach it on a new level. And still, movement is available. I've established a YouTube channel with exercises and have counseled patients in that way on visits as well. But on a deeper level, really engaging with patients in hearing the story and making connections, right? And that's what treatment always is. It's restoring those connections in the body, And if we can do that remotely, we are tapping into greater potential. And that's where I am today. So I'm making available on a more overt, intentional note, telemedicine treatments for established patients and also for new patients, recognizing that the role of the osteopathic physician is truly to listen. And often we listen with our hands. When we lay hands on, when we palpate, we're listening for the restrictions in the body through this dexterous experience. And we're communicating back 
through our hands. And the depth of connection there is not to be discounted. And I'm so grateful to all my colleagues around the country who are able to engage in that way, to my colleagues back in Ashland who are providing that resource to patients. And we listen always with our head. We hear the story and hopefully are hearing it through the lens of all the various models in osteopathic medicine that we have available to us. We also listen with our heart and hearing the story, recognizing the humanity, normalizing human experiences with and for our patients, acknowledging the amazing inherent capacity they have to be well. And being well can be whatever experience they needed to be. For many of my patients, it's the experience of having pain, pain in the body somewhere, back pain, neck pain, headaches, pain in the extremities, foot pain, muscle tightness, muscle cramping, nerve pain. Those are often the chief complaint when they present to the office. And yes, there are physical components, right? Pain is expressed through the nerves. That is our body's signal to us. But I would say there's always been an emotional component as well. And we talk about that when we explore the history and look at timelines and see when the pain began and notice these relationships of what else might have been happening in their life at that time. And oftentimes during the treatment, during the hands-on portion, there is a greater depth of sharing, tapping into that, acknowledging when those parts of the body are engaged, that there is something else going on. And being able to get there and go there and draw those connections and again, remove obstructions, open up the capacity for the health, for healing to move through, to happen, is so powerful. And there are spiritual components to it as well, especially in this time. You know, we have been scaled back to such limited connection in the way that we are familiar, but also give an opportunity to step into so many different ways of connecting to ourselves, of connecting to others. I've seen and heard so many of my patients and friends and family spending time on Zoom together, reading books over the phone that we didn't have accessible to us because of the busyness of our physical life and where we were and activities and commuting and getting anywhere we needed to be at a certain time on the schedule. And that's been removed and the connections have shifted. And so as I started in the beginning saying, I don't know that I can keep doing this, what I'd like to share even further is when our office closed, March 16th, almost immediately, you know, that last day of being in clinic on a normal scheduled day, shut the door, returned home. I had the thought, I just can't picture ever going back. And like I shared with you, that seemed incongruent with my feelings about my work, with all that I knew my work to be, all of the great relationships I developed both with patients and colleagues and staff and the community of professionals in the building even. I love that I could walk down the road from my house to the clinic. I loved the mountain views that were available. I loved that it was across from the high school and the energy of that community was present. 
And yet, that was the thought. I just can't picture ever going back. And as I've considered that during this time and explored not only these telemedicine offerings specific to osteopathic medicine with established patients, I've been exploring at great depth coaching, and I've shared that with you in various episodes, and I will continue to do so, deepened exploration of why I'm in this osteopathic health policy fellowship at this time, and that's becoming clearer. The work in anti-racism and social justice, as I deliberated last time with you, being able to manage the fitness community that of which I'm the owner you know, of the space and perhaps a facilitator or leader of the collective from afar. I'm seeing these opportunities. And what I have realized really in this past week or 10 days, actually, is that no, I'm never going back. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to ever be in Ashland again or be in the physical space of the clinic. But what it means is I'll never go back to how things were before and how I was before because I am different. Now, I've evolved during this time. The practice of medicine is evolving and is called to keep up with the necessary adaptations so as not to become obsolete, extinct. And so while I may return, there is no going back. Now, we can return to ourselves. We can re-engage and come into the depths of our being. We can expand into the fullest expression of ourselves. But we don't go back. Right? There is this forward movement of the linear construct of time that's happening. And so, well, initially, I felt a lot of guilt and confusion and maybe a little shame around the idea of, I just can't picture ever going back. Now I feel relief and excitement and curiosity and wonder and possibility at the idea, at the thought, I'm never going back. I am going forward. I am returning to my fullest self and taking the next steps on this journey of the practice of osteopathic medicine, reflecting on how it has been and embracing how it is currently and knowing that it will continue to grow and expand and progress beyond this moment because of the closures, because we are called to be thoughtful and creative and to adapt. And that is so encouraging. And that is the same framing. Those are the same words. We talk about changing thoughts, right? To change our feelings and actions and results. But the words haven't changed. But that tone, the intention behind them has. And so I offer to you to think about what during this time has caused you to think, I don't think I can ever go back. And to see how that might have felt like a rejection, like a failure, like a closed door, and how it might be an invitation, a beckoning, a release, 
the next step, a light on a shadowed area you might never have considered. And certainly during this time, we've thought a lot about what we miss, right? Oh, I miss when we just had school on a normal schedule and extracurricular activities and easy dinners with friends and unlimited numbers in our gym and seeing patients without gloves and gown and mask and shield and goggles. And I would challenge that we're not going back to any of those in the way that we knew them. And that doesn't have to be a terrible thing. Because if we examine how we have felt individually as a collective about the goings-on, the inner workings of our lives, there's been a lot of frustration. And there's been a lot we've wanted to fix. There's been a lot that we have thought wasn't going well. And it's easy to forget all of that right now when we would give anything for just some sense of quote-unquote normalcy. Schools, for example, yes, there's a lot of great there, but if I think about conversations I've had with fellow parents, with my patients, with the children who I see as patients, with my children's friends, there's also a lot that people want to fix and change about school. And right now we might be willing to just let all that go and begin again, however it was, just to be able to be there, right? Just to have that space and that socialization and that engagement with teachers and for teachers to teach their students. But when did we ever think we'd be presented with such a grand pause? And is this really the opportunity to squander on just going back? Or is it the invitation to remember and return to ourselves and consider all of those things that we wanted to see changed and improved and enhanced and offered and instead never go back but go forward and see that there can be a different way. There has to be, right? When did any of us think we would spend months and months in Zoom or Google Classrooms with our students and teachers? Probably very few. And yet, here we are, and there we were, and we did. And so why not go forward with all of those different ideas in mind and see what meaningful change we can make because of this time, because of this invitation in healthcare. I know for me, there's been this significant internal drive toward institutional reform, changing how we educate medical students, how we support residents in their training, how we treat physicians in their practice, how we view health in the insurance realm, in hospitals, in academia, and how so much needs to shift in order to truly keep the humanity at the core of that care. And so I have no desire to go back to how things have been. And similarly, we're on a pause. You know, students have been taken off of rotations, learning is being modified, and big challenges to be sure concerns for school closure and the impact on the quality of care that students will be able to learn and deliver you know, based on these limitations and the opportunity in this grand pause 
to paint a different picture, to demand that we see the humanity at every level of training and practice, both of the physicians at whatever level of training providing care and of the patients receiving that care. And if we can have that focus, why would we ever go back to anything that was before? And so I ask you, what have you thought of during this time or maybe prior to this time that you thought, I just can't keep doing this. It's not sustainable. Where have you thought, I just can't picture going back there again. And how can you reframe that and recognize that it's not a loss? It's not an ending, but rather it's a gain. It's a beginning. It's an invitation. It's an opportunity to step forward more fully yourself into this new space and begin to shape it in the way that you've always known is how it could be. And I hesitate to say how it should be because we don't entirely know. We have our ideas about how things should go. But we must remember that what we can control are our own results. And we can do so through our thoughts, which create our feelings, bringing us to action. And so as you consider what it is that you want, that you see for yourself, for your family, for your community, for the world, at whatever level you feel comfortable visioning, thinking about what actions you need to take to get there. And then consider what feelings or what specific feeling you need to take those actions, to really own it and step forward into those key action steps that you have outlined. And then identify what is the thought that reliably, reliably, repeatedly brings you that feeling. And to know that regardless of the circumstance, open or closed, coronavirus ever present or eradicated, the season, the place, regardless of any of those, that thought is available to you right now. And so for me, I'm going to hold on to that thought. I just can't picture ever going back. In the way that brings me to excitement and wonder and curiosity and hopefulness because of the possibility. And from those feelings, I'm going to take the steps of offering telemedicine to my patients and to patients on a broader scale more intentionally. I'm going to continue developing the programs for institutional reform, for the well-being of physicians at all levels of training. I'm going to continue the development of coaching as an anti-racism tool to look at the structural limitations of our society and how they are impacting the health. I'm going to continue as an active and engaged member of the Osteopathic Health Policy Fellowship and grow my knowledge, learn how to make appropriate connections, gather the appropriate resources so I can be effective 
as a collaborative member of that alumni group of my own community and in these various circles to which I have been introduced during this time. It's July 1st today. And as has happened to me previously, the podcast didn't work out a couple iterations in a row. But of course, today is the day for this episode to be released and heard because it is the start of the new academic year in medicine. And this is the beginning for so many. The recent graduates who are stepping into their intern year, holding that title of doctor for the first time, everyone matriculates up. You know, those novice residents become leaders. The seniors become chiefs. The chiefs graduate to attendingship. There's this natural progression right now forward of growth of learning, of acknowledging past experience and taking it with you into the next phase. So yes, here on the 1st of July, with a happy new year to all of my colleagues in medicine, whether you're celebrating your first anniversary of internship or your 31st, I invite you all to join me and step forward, never going back, but returning to your truest self and seeing the possibility for health and humanity to truly be at the core of all that we're doing in whatever arena that we find ourselves. And knowing you do have the possibility to step out and step forward and step freely into wherever it is that resonates most beautifully with who and how you are meant to be. And so I extend with gratitude to patients who are listening and taking the time to consider. And I invite you to visit my website. There's some written documentation about the use of telemedicine for osteopathic treatment. And when you've been used to hands-on engagement, that can be a bit of a stretch. But as I said, listening hands, head, and heart. Only one is limited by the physical distancing that's required of us in this time and only in the way to which we are accustomed. There's certainly still opportunity to engage and connect with the body, even virtually. And so I look forward to hearing from all of you share in the comments visit the website and share go to the facebook page put it in whatever medium feels best for you to think about where it is you will never go back and how it is you will move forward this is dr amelia beaky with this osteopathic life thank you for listening